Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm Laura Crawford. We are your hosts, and we are talking about a thing we've talked about a couple times on this podcast, which is Jeffrey Epstein. Woo! Woo! Jerry Epstein, as he was called by Senator Kennedy. <laughs> the the same Senator Kennedy from the video we played at the top of the episode? Yeah. Doesn't he say Jerry Epstein? Am I imagining things? Uh, now I don't remember. I'll have to go back and like actually Wild. listen to this podcast. Wild. Which Old Jeff Yep. Old Jeff Yep. Old Jeff. That scoundrel. Dead in the ground, but not dead in our hearts, right? We no. Can never. Pour over this. Man, And that's yeah. the thing. We've never really done an episode just about what Jeffrey Epstein did. We've done mm. episodes like speculating on his death and things of the sort, but never really one that just runs through the story of what he did. And that's what we're talking about today by way of an ABC documentary called Truth and Lies, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. And this is available on Hulu right now. This came out in 2020. So it is pretty much updated. We're coming up on, it's not too far off now, from the one-year anniversary of Jeff Epps' death. Oh my God, what are you doing to celebrate? Oh my God, I'm going to hang some drywall, hang some Christmas ornaments. (laughs) (laughs) Some other things that don't hang themselves. Those things don't hang themselves. Just a reminder about this documentary. It's, like I said, from ABC And uh, I think most mainstream media is pretty close to being state media at this point. So you have to keep that in mind when you watch this documentary. I do prefer that it's shorter than the Netflix documentary. I think the Netflix documentary kind of gets into like tragedy porn territory at some points where it's just really, really going into graphic detail about the crimes, like the act itself and uh, uh that gets really heavy and also just most documentaries that are a series don't need to be a series like you can sum it up in an hour and 20 minutes like abc did here but i also think abc leaves some pretty big stuff out mostly relating to trump it's true uh yeah i was gonna say so people probably seen the netflix documentary it was trending uh i think it was number one on netflix for a while and now it's about number three or number four at the time we're recording this um and it is a the netflix one is a is four episodes and uh i found it a tremendous struggle to get through watching all of it because of the nature of the program and everything and the witness testimony and uh yeah so it is it is an endurance test uh, particularly if anyone is uh, a victim of child sex abuse or uh, any kind of intimate partner violence, anything like that, you will find it extremely triggering and disturbing, probably even more so than a regular viewer. And uh, it will, yeah, fuck your life up. And uh, it definitely, I mean, if you want to just get at the essence of the story without possibly traumatizing yourself, maybe watch the one on Hulu. It's the message. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very detailed and it is a rough watch for sure. Mm-hmm. And the Hulu one doesn't have the, uh, sorry to interrupt, he doesn't have the house manager from St. Thomas property. The Netflix one has some different witnesses, uh, but it is a lot of the same overlap. So, I mean, if you're thinking about that, I mean, there maybe is a little more coverage in the Netflix one. Yeah. The, the thing I appreciate the Netflix documentary doing is bringing up Trump and interviewing Someone who uh, claims Trump was at the West Palm Beach residence uh, watching young girls try on bikinis, which sounds like a fucking Trump thing. Mm. And who knows where it went from there. But Trump doesn't get mentioned at all in this. And there was a lawsuit filed against him by a girl who claimed she was raped by Trump at Jeffrey Epstein's residence. Yes. Uh, she said that happened in 1994 and she was 13 years old. And uh, isn't that, wouldn't that be the same age, close to the same age as his daughter? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. About that. Probably his daughter was maybe a bit younger. Uh, but she claims that she was raped by uh, Donald Trump when she was 13, 1994 in 
uh, Jeffrey Epstein's property in Manhattan, which is one of the largest private properties in Manhattan, if not the largest. And uh, one of the first people that we kick off talking to in both the Hulu documentary and the Netflix documentary is Maria Farmer. Maria Farmer claims that she worked at this townhouse that Jeffrey Epstein had checking in a lot of very young girls, which she was told they were Victoria's Secret models. Nice cover. But or giving massages or something of that nature. But the woman who had the complaint against uh, Donald Trump, she withdrew her lawsuit. She said she was threatened or her life was threatened. And though that's where that went. If you can believe that. Yeah. Why would that happen? Yeah. Certainly the Trump team's not known to intimidate any, any women who have sex with Donald Trump or accuse him of anything. No, absolutely not. Yeah, and the thing about Maria Farmer, she's the first person that reported Epstein to the authorities way back in 1996. Yeah, that we know of, definitely. I mean, we talk a little bit about Epstein's uh, life, and they do mention that he was a teacher at a school, a private high school, in the 70s. But nothing has come out from that time that we know. Maria is the first one in 1996. Right, and that... That time he spent as a teacher has always been really interesting to me. Because for one thing, he doesn't, as far as I know, have a college degree. No, they mentioned that in both documentaries, that he didn't graduate from college. There's no reason given, but they say that he was brilliant at math and that he sort of lied about having a college degree. And then he got to work at this very prominent New York City public private school called the Dalton School, teaching math. Right. And one that actually kind of jogs my memory a little bit. One interesting interview in the Netflix documentary, they talked to the guy who hired him at the Dalton School. And at one point, that guy found out Jeffrey Epstein lied and he was going to fire Jeffrey Epstein. And Jeffrey Epstein, like, charmed his way out of it and talked the guy into letting him keep the job. And he, in that interview, is like, to this day, I'm like, if I had fired him, would that have kind of stopped his ascent? Because that's where he meets all of these ultra rich people, because the Dalton School is a very prestigious private school and he meets all these finance people and all of these wealthy elite types and flips that into a job at Bear Stearns whereas the story could have been they found out he lied and he got fired and he just disappeared into obscurity but instead when he got caught someone cut him a break because that's how it works for white dudes. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say the situation would be that, you know, imagine if you were fired from the Dalton School, um, people would have found out about it. So all the other rich people in that circle would have found out that he was fired and what he was fired for. And then he probably couldn't have been hired in New York City in an exclusive private school. But I think it would have been harder for him to transition to another city and repeat the same scheme. I don't know if he could have done that. Because like they said, he was very New York. He had that thick Brooklyn accent. I don't think he could have gone to Los Angeles and maneuvered his way into working for a high-powered private school there. I, I think he possibly could have totally stopped there in New York, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Espe- yeah, that's that's a good point with that ac- accent especially. Because you take that accent to the Midwest, people are going to be like, I don't trust this guy. Fucks he yeah, up like, hmm. Yeah, or I think it would have been harder. The older he got, I think it would have been harder to scheme his way into a, a teaching position at one a prestigious school, um, particularly if it were people who might have known that he was fired for that before. But he got connected to all these rich people who work for places like Bear Stearns, like we we're saying, uh, a real den of iniquity, Bear Stearns, right? Yeah, and because uh, bears have dens. <laughs> <laughs> They're evil. Um, <laughs> they are. Yeah. Fuck bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, bear stirs. <laughs> <laughs> evil. Yeah. We bailed them out so they could hire more sex predators to work for them. Correct. Including Jeffrey Epstein. He worked for them for a while. Mm-hmm. And that's where he met Leslie Wexner, who is to this day, the only confirmed client of Jeffrey Epstein in terms of Jeffrey Epstein being a financial investor. Like true. Leslie Wexner was his only client and somehow that made him rich enough to buy a fucking private Island and the largest private property in Manhattan. Right. So it's property in Palm beach, property in Palm beach, property in St. Thomas ranch in New Mexico, Large private residence in Manhattan. I think also possibly Paris and London. Yeah, I, I think Paris for sure. Probably London also. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I got to ask. So we're talking this is the 80s. Yeah. I got to ask, which Epstein house is your favorite? 
I got to go with the New Mexico ranch. And it's interesting, too, because Bill Richardson, governor of New Mexico, is one of the men who's named by uh, Virginia Guffrey, um, the woman who accused uh, Prince Andrew. She's also accused Governor Bill Richardson. So it's highly probable that he knew exactly what was going on at uh, Epstein's ranch and did nothing about it. Yeah, I like the New Mexico ranch too. neat place. I mean, the St. Thomas one reminds me of like the most dangerous game where it's like, do you swim off the island? It's like an evil, sort of like a uh, James Bond villain type of thing. You know, Epstein sets off the volcano if you try to not massage him. Yeah, at least at the New Mexico ranch, like a UFO might save you or something. (laughs) Yeah, you have to run off to Area 51. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you where the real creeps are back here. (laughs) We are here to save you. I don't know why the aliens sound like robots. I don't know why that happened. One thing I got to say I majorly prefer in the Hulu doc to the Netflix one is Maria Farmer's creepy pedophilic artwork isn't cre- featured as much. That creeped the fuck out of me. Yeah, when you see the painting that Jeffrey Epstein bought from her, it's like, oh, I get why he wanted that painting. All her paintings are of girls going through puberty. And what really bothers me is Maria Farmer says that she took photos of her sisters underage. My question was, who's processing those photos? What, did she send them down to the one-hour photo to get them done? (laughs) So the guy at the shop fucking saw your sister, the 11-year-old sister, naked. It's like, why did you have those photos? What? Well, she might have developed them herself. I would hope so. That creeped the shit out of me. And then she's like, oh, no, he stole my photos. It's like, yeah, no shit. Don't don't take naked photos of children. You fucking creep. It reminds me of Lena Dunham, how she got accused of sexually assaulting her sister because she wrote about like touching her sister's vagina and stuff in her book when her sister was like three. Right. And did it, I believe, without her sister's knowledge, like it just was in the book one day and her sister was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Anyway, so on to Maria Farmer. She is a victim. I'm not trying to like say that she's an asshole or responsible for anything that happened, but um, her artwork does depict nude children. And uh, she was like, oh, my God, this pedophile wants to buy my art. Um, anyway, that's how I came across. Yeah, well, Good she Lord. didn't she didn't know he was a pedophile at that point. No, no. because she buys he buys the artwork and then ends up hiring her to basically procure art for him, but also to be the door person at his place in Manhattan. Yes. Yeah. It seems like kind of normal at first. She In the Netflix doc, she does tell a story about um, the woman Guggenheim who, uh, I'm sorry, I think it's Mary Guggenheim or this woman who runs the paint, the painting program that she was in. She negotiated Maria Farmer's meeting of Epstein. And I believe there's still a removed at the school, but she currently has like terminal cancer right now. So I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, I can look into it more, but mm. they like majorly lowballed her on the offer and was like, you're going to take this. You have to take this. And you know, really demonized her into doing it, bullied her, right. taking this offer. So I don't know. It speaks to a whole network of art people who are all creeps. Shocking. Yeah. You know? Go figure. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens with Maria Farmer is at one point she is sent to this residence owned by Leslie Wexner in Ohio to work on an art project. And while she's out there, Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell show up and basically rape her, violently rape her. And she ends up reporting it to the FBI at one point, and nothing really happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she does say that essentially she had to barricade herself in her room because she was so afraid of them trying to get at her and uh, molest her. And she describes being, you know, Glenn Maxwell being involved and then being at the house, which is owned by Wexner. And it's like the largest private residence in Ohio. And it kind of this whole story about these, uh, you know, massive private residence, everything reminded me, too, of Foxfire. If you ever watched that with the DuPont family and um, I don't think they're kind of. You mean oh, Fox man. Catcher? Fox Catcher, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Fox yeah, Catcher. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it reminded me a lot of the DuPont family and their sort of connections and control of the private, uh, you know, police. And for anyone who's like, why wouldn't you just call the cops? It's like, I doubt the cops would have done anything at all in this instance to come out to this giant private residence, you know, right? to help her. Yeah. So she was, uh, Samaria Farmer eventually um, ends up getting her sister involved, her younger sister, um, in this, in this uh, partnership with them too, because she believes that Epstein and uh, Maxwell are going to support her education. And I think it's the sister who gets brought to New Mexico, am I right? Right. And they and they uh, they molest her there. And um, yeah, so 
this seems, uh, this is not kind of typical of what he did later in Palm, West Palm Beach and that it's not like a rotating system of girls, but it does seem like Jeffrey Epstein was, you know, not worried about an FBI investigation at all. No. And especially when he gets to West Palm Beach or when he gets to Palm Beach, because that, that is a very important distinction, which comes yes. up in both documentaries. Palm Beach is very affluent. It's a very, probably the wealthiest part of Florida. And then West Palm Beach is not that. West Palm Beach is a more of a low income area. And Jeffrey Epstein would get his victims from vulnerable. He, he would basically find girls who were uh, in vulnerable situations, be it financially or because of trouble at home. And that's who he would prey on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was uh, a network and Jeffrey also had um, different assistants, which they mentioned in this, who were going out and picking up girls, uh, possibly at like the mall or something like that, or seeing them out and talking to them. And uh, Sarah Kellen, I think is one of them that's named. But yeah, there's two. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I struggle with watching these documentaries is at what point because they're like there's one girl especially that they interview in the Netflix documentary who if I recall correctly she she goes to she gets talked into going to Jeffrey Epstein's house uh during this massage he tries to make it sexual and she's just like no obviously not I'm not gonna have sex with you but then becomes a recruiter for him and she is I mean, everyone is a victim in this, pretty much except Jeffrey Epstein and Jelaine Maxwell, because without what they did, none of this other stuff happens. But it seems like a fine line between the girl they interview in the Netflix documentary and someone like Sarah Kellen, who probably came to him the same way and just had been there longer. And it happened back before anyone was reporting this. And now she's just kind of a fucking robot who's programmed to follow uh, the the commands of her abuser. So yeah. it's like she's a victim too, but also she was a participant, which is exactly a problem. I guess the distinction becomes between if you're an adult doing it and if you're a teen doing it. I think if you're a 14 year old and I'm recruiting other 14 year olds, I think that somewhat lessens the idea of it versus if you're like a 19 year old doing it. Yeah. But I, that's that's like kind of up for the law to decide. With me, yeah, it's difficult. It's like, or if you look at something like the People's Temple with Jim Jones, do you blame the people who were feeding people Kool Aid as much as you blame Jim Jones? I, mean, I don't. Yeah, you. But you really can't because again, all of it starts with Jim Jones. Right. Or Hitler. I mean, do you blame, is every not, does every Nazi, every person who wore that uniform bear the same amount of responsibility as Hitler? Yes. Fuck Nazis. Oh, I'm saying people in who are living in Germany. I think some of them to a degree sort of brainwashed. And uh, I think to some of them, they don't bear as much responsibility, but they bear responsibility because right. obviously we had the Nuremberg trials and everything like that. But yeah, with charismatic people like that, the sense of manipulation runs very deep in the way that they use people. Uh, you know, people are tools and they're different tools for different jobs and they're definitely being used um, in these instances. The, the the shots that we get of Florida, yeah, it makes it look really grim. And you realize that a lot of these girls, um, they did prey on the fact that these girls girls probably also had been abused before like they were talking about how in one of the uh, questionings there was a girl who had had three abortions and one of jeffrey epstein's lawyers said what's worse having three abortions or being abused by mr epping yeah that that becomes a thing where and that's how you know jeffrey epstein wasn't worried about what would happen if he got arrested because at one point one of the parents of these girls actually calls the police And the police do actually execute a search warrant on Jeffrey Epstein's Palm Beach residence. The problem is Jeffrey Epstein had been quoted before this as saying, I own the police. Like, there's not really anything the police are going to do. And sure enough, someone tipped him off that this raid was coming. So all of his computers were gone. All of his video cameras were gone. And not only does he get away with just a misdemeanor solicitation of prostitution charge, which is nuts. And we'll get to that in a second. But he also starts like counter surveillance on the police and on the victims, like really blatantly like a cop, like the, the cop they interview is like, if you do surveillance for a living, you know, when you're being surveilled in return 
And he was like, I was followed for like three months by Jeffrey Epstein's people. Like yeah, um, he threw all his resources into it. He threw in, entirely his all he had into it. And then, uh, you know, it, one of the cops in the um, I think it's the Netflix doc, he points out that Epstein had given a hundred thousand dollar donation to the police, the Palm Beach Police Department to buy equipment. This is before any accusations came out. He knew what he was doing. He knew that he was buying them all off. And that's not to say that was what that's what was on the books. That's what they can officially declare. That's nothing to say of if Jeffrey Epstein turned up in someone's driveway offering them a new car. If someone said, well, sorry, this is a side point, but Epstein made a different point that he says to the Vanity Fair reporter, I know all the doctors and all the hospitals and I can get you while you're giving birth. So did Epstein, Epstein probably knew everybody at every college. If your kid wants to go to college, I can make that happen. You know, if your mother's getting treatment at a hospital, I can get her the best doctors. There's an un told number of ways that we are not even aware of that Jeffrey Epstein could have completely been owning the police department or anybody. Yeah. And that's not to, I mean, all cops are bastards, but that's not to imply that every cop related to this case was bad. There were, there were police who tried, genuinely tried to investigate this and prosecute it properly. The FBI at one point does genuinely try to prosecute this. They build a, what they think is a really compelling case that is going to put Jeffrey Epstein away for a long, long time. And then at some point, something happens and that entire case gets worked down to a misdemeanor charge of soliciting prostitution. So basically they're saying these girls were not victims of sexual assault or a pedophile. These girls were prostitutes, which is nuts. It's, it's quite insane. It's, um, imagine if you were to commit a crime and you had 50 to 60 witnesses that could testify firsthand accounts of you committing this crime. How is that not the gold mine of absolute evidence? I mean, it's, it's, it's you don't get cases like that. Like for a prosecutor, it's really a slam dunk or any kind of investigating team. You never get that's so much evidence. And, um, the I think police were genuinely horrified when it came down to soliciting a prostitution because it just there's no there's no logic at all in that because children can't be prostitutes. Right. And you can give money children for sex, but that does not make them a prostitute. And what's crazy is he got that charge basically twice because when the police launched their investigation, the state's attorney at one point is like, yeah, this is just a misdemeanor. And they're like, what? Like, this is child sex trafficking. What do you mean it's a misdemeanor? And the state's attorney, Barry Kersher, gives him one misdemeanor count of soliciting prostitution. That's the charge he gets. And this is after Jeffrey Epstein fires off a bunch of letters to the state's attorney, basically attacking the character of these girls and saying, hey, man, these are just prostitutes. I didn't know they were underage. Uh, And the state's attorney falls for it. And decides it's just a misdemeanor. And that's how the FBI gets involved. Because at that point, the police turn it over to the FBI. And the FBI's like, holy shit, yeah, we want to look into this. And the FBI builds their case. And then Jeffrey Epstein gets a felony prostitution charge. And that's when the Alex Acosta deal happens. Where he basically got 18 months in prison, but with work release. And did not abide by that work really like he would leave jail for sure, but he wasn't going to work. He was just out living his fucking life. It's an instance where you have to imagine the police have been working on this for a very long time and told all of these victims that he's going to be going away for a very long time. And then uh, none of that happens at all. Uh, yeah. So we have to see. So also like uh, the people who said that they were appearing prostitutes. Um, sorry, I'm just reminded of Alan Dershowitz. who's like, oh, he told me, oh, maybe one of them was 17 or one or two. And Alan Dershowitz is like, and I believed him. And it's like, are we to believe that you are that fucking stupid or, or, or do we really, so we have two answers with that, which is Alan Dershowitz is a fucking moron or Alan Dershowitz think he can just lie and make everyone convince everyone he's a fucking moron, even though every other aspect of his life is spent convincing everyone he's brilliant. But only in this instance, is he a fucking moron, right? right? Does that make sense? In this one case, he was duped. Yeah. He was like, oh, and I just, I believed him totally. Yeah. That happens all the time that you think she's 18 and she's not. Yeah. 
that happened 50 or 60 there's 50 or 60 victims and he's like yeah so i just i felt like it was just once it's just it is so disgusting that he has the gall to go on television and try to act like that is at all believable i just if i were the reporter i'd be like do you think i'm a fucking idiot it's just it's unbelievable so all these guys are just like you know they really sweep it under the rug i remember reading about this case in 2006 or so through the website the smoking gun because it was so extraordinary about what deal he had gotten and his test the testimony uh, that came out where they asked him if he has an egg-shaped penis. So Yeah, he storms out of the room during one of those depositions when they ask if he has an egg-shaped penis. Well, that's what's so extraordinary is you really, it, it reminds me of that Chappelle show sketch where they're talking about the white justice system versus black justice system and it's like fifth, I plead the fifth. That's what Epstein does in all of these in this investigation when they actually get him to testify to anything. He absolutely gives nothing at all. He pleads anything. the fifth. The whole time. So every time we get we get no information whatsoever. Um, their investigation of Epstein, they get nothing out of them. They don't get any co-defendants. They don't get anything. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I have this sinking suspicion that the main difference between the FBI and the CIA, like, they both hate radicals. Uh, mm -hmm. They both hate liberals. They probably both hate communists. Uh, I'm assuming they both hate terrorism but i feel like sure. only one of them hates sex trafficking and that's the fbi i feel mm -hmm. like the cia is i with it and it really bothers me when like we get a lot of negative comments on itunes from pizzagate supporters because we did an episode about how pizzagate is mostly bullshit and here's what bothers me if you're a pizzagate supporter and a donald trump supporter those two things can't exist in the same space. Like, you can't believe that Donald Trump is here to rid the world of satanic pedophiles when Donald Trump made Alex Acosta this country's labor secretary, the guy who covered for history's most despicable pedophile, was put in charge of governing sex trafficking laws in this country by Trump. Trump is not here to save you motherfuckers from pedophiles. Trump is probably one himself. Exactly. You don't you don't uh, accuse him, hang that label on him if he's fighting sex trafficking and then put that out there. Because also uh, he runs teen beauty pageants, which apparently he likes to bust in, in the dressing room and see the girls all changing. Uh, and so anything connected to him or he's connected to all these shady modeling agencies in New York, which have been connected to sex trafficking. What's that about? Yeah. And the, the reason I bring the CIA up is we did an episode a while back about a group called The Finders which mm -hmm. was this huge story in like 87 and 88 where this group, this, these two dudes in suits were found uh, basically driving this gang of disheveled kids around in a van. And they were like, Oh, we're taking them to a special school in Mexico for brilliant children. And people end up looking into this and there's all these investigations that are launched and it's clearly a child trafficking ring like it's they find so much evidence and the investigation is going forward and going forward and then the CIA shows up and the CIA shows up and they tell everyone else this is an internal matter and it's done. No one went to jail. There were never any trials, no prosecutions. The CIA just stepped in and was like, we'll deal with it. And they did not deal with it whatsoever that's what's, that's what's so infuriating about this is that from the point of view of the lawyers and the victims is that um anytime they want to get information about something what are they told oh it's but you it can't it's part of an ongoing investigation we can't talk about that's part of an ongoing investigation there no one has any responsibility or any obligation to publish any sort of timeline about when things are happening or letting people know or letting victims know what the fuck's going on with your case you can say an investigation is ongoing and just sit on it for years for years until people die or they're sick or too tired or too poor to do it 
anything about it. And that's just the reality for a lot of cases. Even when the woman who's in charge of the prison system goes and speaks before Congress, uh, the senators, you know, Lindsey Graham and all those guys, all she can say is, well, the FBI can't talk about that because it's part of an ongoing FBI investigation. Ongoing. Yeah. Just an indefinite label that you can attach to any sort of investigation in this country. But with Epstein, I mean, anyone who's ever worked as a lawyer anywhere connected to law enforcement cannot believe the work release program that he got. This man got to work in his own office every day. He got to go walk on the beach. He got to take calls. It doesn't seem like he wasn't prohibited from using the internet from what I can tell. You know, that's often a thing that applies to pedophiles that you can't go online. Yeah, one of the cops who investigated him at one point when he was on work release just found him walking around I think in Miami and like even his office, I think was 50 miles away from the prison. It's right. Like, or he was meeting, he was meeting Dershowitz in a hotel. Yeah. And then he was going to New York and he was traveling out of state. He was going to the Virgin Islands. He was, he was at least, I think they said like at least 60 violations of his parole from what they found. Yeah. Once he got out, he didn't abide by any of the, the sex offender registry stuff. There's a, I've, We've done a couple of episodes with Olivia Hydar over the past couple of weeks about this show called The Hunt for the Trump Tapes with Tom Arnold. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. It's a weird fucking show because it's hosted by Tom Arnold. Uh, and those are both bonus episodes. People want to subscribe and give them a listen. But uh, there is one really genuinely good uh, moment in that series where one he brings up trump's connection to jeffrey epstein uh well before the miami herald wrote about this plea deal and brought it back to everyone's attention so that was good but he also goes to epstein's manhattan residence and starts handing out uh pedophile flyers to people on the street basically Amazing. saying hey did you know there's a pedophile living in this building uh but yeah he didn't have to. Jeffrey Epstein didn't have to do any of that shit. He didn't have to tell nope. people he was a pedophile. Like he yeah. got away so fucking easy for crimes that should have put him in prison for life. Yes, yes, um, and all, and do for anybody else who does even a fraction of these things who certainly do go to go away for life. And um, I was even in doing more research on this. I was seeing a lot of photos that involved Naomi Campbell with Elaine Maxwell, and that people think that's a possible connection that I hadn't heard before. That she was doing a lot of model recruitment for him, and that yeah. all her friends are all friends with him. Yeah, and that like that kind of stuff gets sketchy for me. Oh, it's super sketchy because it's like, okay, you can see they're in a photo together. They're hanging out. But I mean, nothing's definitive. But the list of people, Barclays CEO was tied to Epstein, just got fired recently for his connections to Epstein. Yeah. See, stuff like that, I buy, I buy it. But I could also buy the idea that Naomi Campbell was sending them modeling talent without realizing she was sending them sexual uh, trafficking victims or yeah. maybe Naomi Campbell's a fucking sex trafficker I don't know we but we don't know but these things aren't coming out right now and when Epstein got out of prison yeah he wasn't following up with any of the protocol and he was embraced for his philanthropy people loved him because he was giving a lot of money to places like MIT he was giving a lot of money to Bill Gates he was working with Elon Musk and um, just he thought he could cover up all of his criminality with philanthropy and to an extent he was right the only people who were holding him accountable were the girls who were you know trying to find civil lawsuit right and the back to the the little black book for one second there's one celebrity in particular who i think is getting really unfairly associated with jeffrey epstein and that is chris tucker because the thing you're saying me yeah well yeah you too well i said unfairly laura okay uh because the thing about a little black book like they say it that way because it sounds tawdry and scandalous but it's just an address book It's just a phone number book. And just being in Jeffrey Epstein's book doesn't mean you are a sexual predator. And Chris Tucker in particular, for one thing, people, this black book got leaked on the internet a couple weeks ago and people acted like it was this big hack and information dump when that black book has been online for years and years and years. We've known the names in that book for a long, 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 long time. And people started calling out Chris Tucker for being in that book. When if you watch the Netflix documentary, it's made very clear why Chris Tucker and Jeffrey Epstein were connected. And it's because Chris Tucker went on a charity trip promoting AIDS awareness in Africa. And Jeffrey Epstein was part of that trip. 
And even in that documentary, the girls who are on that trip make it really clear that nothing happened on that trip. So exactly, yeah. They leave Chris Kevin Tucker Spacey. alone. Well, like, they, come on. I, part of, part of the issue there is that Kevin Spacey was on the trip as well. So right. Chris Tucker is the meat in a pedo sandwich. Yeah, and Kevin Spacey, which is unfortunate, but you know, Kevin Spacey didn't need Jeffrey Epstein's help abusing young boys like that it's still like that and bill clinton was on there too and i don't trust that bill clinton isn't having sex with underage girls but uh, according to all of the witnesses they had on camera for this for these pieces they claim that bill clinton was on the island was on the lolita express but that they never saw him they never saw him doing anything but what does that mean well we don't know yeah what's he gonna do like have sex with an underage girl on a tennis court like i'm assuming yeah. that would be done in private by prince andrew <laughs> yeah like just the fact that you're on like especially by that point because the the point where a lot of these people end up at jeffrey epstein's island which again chris tucker was not on jeffrey epstein's island this is well after he's been arrested for all of the stuff in palm beach Right. Um, there's a woman who is also a promoter for uh, film companies. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on her name right now, but she got in pretty big trouble because um, so after Epstein gets out of prison, she arranged all these social events for him and she would tell people Prince Andrew's going to be there, but she wouldn't tell them that Jeffrey Epstein's going to be there. So she would invite all these, you know, actors and uh, people who are into philanthropy or wanted to meet Prince Andrew to events and then Jeffrey Epstein would be there. And so they look really awful now, but they really had no way of knowing. But yeah. she's been fired from representing major media companies like she was working with a few film companies doing pr for them and promotions and they're like yeah you know you worked with that you worked with epstein too much and for too long so it's a bad association now yeah i i find prince andrew really interesting i do believe that he had sex with virginia roberts when she was only 17 but like one of the the theories that has been tossed around about Jeffrey Epstein is that he was blackmailing people on behalf of some intelligence organization. Like no one has ever really specified whether that would be the United States, Russia, Israel, who knows. And the thing about Prince Andrew, his defense is because Virginia Roberts has described their encounter and she always says that Prince Andrew was very sweaty, like just drenched in sweat. And his argument is, okay, well, I had a medical condition at the time and I did not sweat. Like I could not sweat due to medical reasons. So what the fuck is that about? I think Prince Andrew wasn't drugged, but probably took some drugs. And that explains the sweating. That would explain what loosened him up enough to decide fucking a 17-year-old was a good idea. And then I think at some point they came to him and were like, all right, we got you on tape having sex with this 17-year-old. And I feel like he might have been like, all right, put that tape out, then explain why you have it. Like, what's your what's your reasoning for doing this? Because that is going to become a question whenever, like, people are waiting for this treasure trove of tapes to come out and expecting that all of these prominent figures are going to fall as a result. But even if that happens, there's still another question there, which is why was this happening? Is it just that everyone involved is a pedophile and they like having sex with kids? Yes, probably. But also, was there something behind this effort to accumulate all of this information on powerful people? And if so, who and why? As to the theory about him just being drugged, the property manager at St. Thomas also said that he saw Prince Andrew with that girl on the property and that she was topless and he was behind her grinding on her. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I think Prince Andrew. Well, no, I don't mean, I don't mean he was roofied. Oh, I just mean no, he was I fucking high. Like, like high okay, and uninhibited. Sorry. I thought you meant like he was roofied once that it was like, what did I do? And like never went back again because he stayed friends with him. Yeah, no, I could see him like yeah. taking a bunch of fucking Molly and yeah. like then you're not drugged. You just took drugs. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, sorry. So uh, with the black book thing, like it's a good point, but I mentioned that um, 
Epstein's butler was this guy, Alfredo Rodriguez, and um, he refused to turn over the book uh, that he had. He had so he'd stolen um, Epstein's book, black book, his address book. Seeing little black books makes it seem like it's like all his lovers, but it's more like just an address book. Right. Um, so he attempted to sell it uh, for over 30,000 pounds, and uh, he claimed that he needed this book as uh, insurance against the businessman because he wanted to protect his own life. And um, he was married, and he told his widow, Patricia Dunn, sorry, he's dead, spoiler, that uh, he knew all about Prince Andrew, and he had all of his uh, info that was contained within this book, too. And uh, Rodriguez did go to jail for, um, you know, not turning over the evidence and attempting to sell it. And he died at the age of 60 from mesothelioma. Hmm. Yeah, this was in 2015. So this is before Epstein got, uh, you know, arrested a second time. So he was like 60 and has mesothelioma, which is a very particular kind of cancer not very common and kills you really fast yeah it's i don't know whenever there's a bunch of weird deaths around a story i'm always in right away like i mm-hmm. i i never have any doubt that when stuff like that happens people are being targeted and murdered to keep them silent even if they fucking die of cancer Right. And these housekeepers sound very scared when the, they're being interviewed by the police and stuff, asked about Epstein and what he's doing. The people who work for him, um, they seem very frightened and like they really don't want to say anything at all that could uh, implicate him. And uh, one of the victims makes a great point, which is that all of the people, um, you know, the governor of St. Thomas, all the people who worked at the airport, they all saw all these children being moved or girls that looked underage and none of them ever said anything or did anything. Not yeah. one. Not a one. Yeah. So like the governor of St. Thomas definitely knew who he was and they had a relationship and uh the governor of st thomas i'm sorry i don't have his name on hand his wife worked on a board for one of epstein's companies yeah it's crazy that the governor being so friendly with jeffrey epstein and welcoming him with open arms didn't really seem to bother anyone there because it if you compare that to we did a bonus episode there's a podcast on the network called celebra tragic that i host with carrie martin and it's about tragic celebrities and the first season was about Anna Nicole Smith and one of our bonus episodes is about the time she moved to the Bahamas and the uproar over her being able to just move to the Bahamas and become a citizen even though that process normally took like six months it literally toppled the government of the Bahamas people were so fucking angry at how they just let Anna Nicole Smith move to the Bahamas and become a resident that it fucking ended that administration and they didn't regain power for like another 12 years. Meanwhile, the government of St. Thomas moves a pedophile in and people are like, eh. Or look what happened with, uh, what's his face with Belize, uh, McAfee, you know, how how he was able to manipulate and control the government and, uh, you know, police department there. So it's not unheard of, but, um, Definitely. Once uh, Epstein gets out of prison, prison, quote unquote, once Epstein (laughs) changes offices uh, after being unfairly accused of soliciting prostitutes, deadly, mean, evil prostitutes. Yeah, they even talk about the prison he was in, which was not a prison. It was like a county stockade. And he had Mm -hmm. his entire own wing of the building is where he was held. That's nuts. Listeners, look around your place, wherever you're living right now. Jeffrey Epstein was imprisoned in somewhere bigger, I guarantee you, with better Wi-Fi, better cable, better air conditioning. Jeffrey Epstein's prison conditions were way better than your current living conditions. Yeah, exactly. Everyone listening to this, including me. I don't care where you are. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He had a way better deal. Um, It was, uh, so the documentary or both pieces kind of move on. And they, this is a point in time where we're talking about uh, this woman who is an actress, uh, Shante Davis, Davies, sorry. And uh, budding massage therapist. She actually does really want to be a a masseuse. And she gets connected with Jeffrey Epstein, gets a job with him. And naturally that does not bode well for her. No, she gets raped and her sister does also, which that is in, they hit on that a lot in this part of the documentary that Jeffrey Epstein wouldn't just go after one girl. If he knew that girl had a younger sister, he would go after her too. And it, they describe it. I think it's one of the victims who describes it as people were like a sport to him. Like he just wanted new faces every day. Like he, at one point at at the Palm Beach residence was having appointments with these girls at 9 a.m., 12 p.m., and 4 p.m. every day. That is insane. Right. 
it's one of those things that kind of a strange catch 22 in these instances because because there's so many victims i'm sure he does start to forget them so then later if yeah. he's asked what about this person he's like oh i don't even remember them i don't even know if i've ever met them and they're like see he doesn't even know them and it's like no it's because he's fucking abused so many people he doesn't even remember anymore none of these people are interesting or particular to him none of them probably stand out in his memory unless maybe they refused him at some point but no he has no memory for uh, just the sheer numbers it's just a body count he's a vampire and they constantly are seeking new blood it's one of those interesting things that's always brought up when they're talking about the Pizzagate stuff or uh, wanting adrenochrome is that a lot of these accusations of pedophile conspiracies end up with they're actually drinking kids' blood. And it's bizarre to me because Peter Thiel, who's a billionaire, he who founded the Hulk Hogan case against Gawker, he actually does take the blood of a college-aged boy and inject it into himself. He actually does live off the blood of kids. What? And he's admitted it. Yes. He injects himself. He gets transfusions of a college student's blood, Peter Thiel. He's a vampire, like a literally a vampire. Yeah. Peter Thiel is one of those people that of, of everyone, he's one that I'm very nervous about shit talking just because yeah, of what one... he did to Gawker. It's oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah, right. And sorry, we, you can cut this out if you want. Later. Well, no, it's not that serious, but it does. It does you really. Mean? It's like. That vampire metaphor is almost not a metaphor with these people sometimes. So it's just, where where does the faction fiction begin and end? I can't even tell you. But yeah, they were described as being very vampiric-like. And they're also say that Ghislaine Maxwell had all the photos of all these girls on her computers too. And those have never been found or never been searched through. But she was just as forceful about getting new blood, getting new girls. She called them the nubiles. And she's yeah. like, we need to get them. We need to get them. We need to get them. So that's why they're always going after the younger sisters. They're always trying trying to do the most to degrade you and use you as means to an end. Yeah. And just the sheer number of victims here, like we've heard from what, like seven, 12, something like that. That like, if you do the math, that covers like a week's worth of girls. There's so many more still out there. And it's like, are they out there? Or did some of them get murdered? Like, I was trying to find that, and it's honestly, uh, it's hard to find any information about whether any accusers are now dead. We do, really don't know. But then we have other things that are brought up and sort of dropped, uh, which are them asking uh, Epstein about a friend bringing him three 12-year-old French girls who don't speak English for his, what, 60th birthday, I believe? Yeah. I think that so comes up in the Netflix documentary. Oh, uh, it's one of those pieces of info. So these are just the kids we're talking about in America. But obviously, this is not a man who limits his activities to the States. So we don't even know about how many UK victims there could be. We don't know how many uh, you know, victims in France there could be. We haven't really heard a lot about how many kids were brought to the New Mexico ranch about whether, or whether he preyed on kids in New Mexico. We really have no way of knowing yeah. right now anyway. so And then the only people who are publishing stuff about this when he's in St. Thomas, the Miami Herald, publishes like a real takedown and uh, it gets back into the news in, you know, in the later 2000s. Yeah, but if, the, they hadn't, if they hadn't done that, what would have happened? Yeah, the Miami Herald, I did an episode of In Broad Daylight, which is my solo podcast about uh, Jeffrey Epstein back around the time the Miami Herald started writing about it. And we'll link to it on the website and in the show notes for this episode too, but their reporting on Jeffrey Epstein is fascinating. And of all the documentaries that you can watch, I think those Miami Herald articles are still probably the best means of understanding what happened with Jeffrey Epstein. Like they go into a lot of detail and it was really effective reporting because it directly led to the case being reopened and him being arrested again. What I don't understand is why hasn't Ghislaine Maxwell been arrested? Is it just that they can't find her? Uh, it's partially that. One of the issues, uh, details about her case that I started looking into was um, when there was a question of why wasn't she uh, investigated initially or why wasn't she arrested at the time that he was, there was this one particular detective who said that she, who cleared her and uh, his name was Joseph Ricari and this guy worked on the police department for 23 years in Palm Beach and uh, it's interesting in his instance he left the police force after 23 years so this is in 2013 he leaves the police force 
for Phoebe now Raisin. He went to work uh, with uh, one of his friends at Gold Coast Holdings, which is a local beer distributor, and he became the director of facilities. So that's in 2013. And everyone, all the stories are about how great a detective he was, about how everyone loved him, even though he his work basically led to Glenn Maxwell getting off. But then uh, in 2018, he dies of a mysterious illness. Mm. at the age of 50 completely healthy police officer large guy looks like a marine dead at 50 uh, from a brief illness and no other information was released about his cause of death yeah that's suspicious because i think she's like she's the most important piece to this story now because she was one half of the duo that was doing this it wasn't just jeffrey epstein and i wonder where her connections trace back to and what kind of uh i don't know i just i i feel like we're never gonna know the actual truth about this without hearing it from her yeah i agree it's it's confusing to me or it's a major sign of something amiss the fact that uh i didn't learn about his butler or that police officer being dead from either documentary. Right. The butler I learned about. The butler I learned about from a, a lawyer, a legal legal eagle, which is a YouTube channel where a lawyer goes over famous legal cases, and he mentioned the butler. And then I looked up that butler and found out he's dead. And then with Ricari, the detective that cleared Maxwell, he's never mentioned in either documentary that he cleared her, and they never mentioned that he's dead either. I had to look him up in a separate search and find out that he's dead. So these are two big deaths connected to the case that are in neither documentary made about them. Yeah, and it makes me wonder like we've heard so many people float the idea that well Jeffrey Epstein was clearly being protected like someone was looking out for his best interest otherwise he would have been in prison for his entire life but is he the one that's being protected or is it Jelaine Maxwell who's the one that's being protected because she hasn't faced any repercussions from any of this even when he got that sweetheart plea deal she got immunity. Like all of his co-conspirators got immunity. And if you can go back and re-arrest Jeffrey Epstein, then I think that implies that that plea deal is kind of off the table now. And maybe you can go arrest those co-conspirators too, but who can fucking, I don't think anyone can even find her now. No, she is, uh, her whereabouts are unknown. And uh, I have never heard of someone being offered a deal that extends to unnamed conspirators. No, it's unheard of. It is unnamed conspirators. Absolutely unheard of. Okay. The the big the big thing about Glenn Maxwell, besides having um, an imbecilic spelling of her name, um, so the thing that people point out as being very influential about you know her situation is that her father was a uh, major media uh, figure and a member of parliament and a fraudster. So he just had this uh, you know big publishing empire. The Mirror Group uh, was with him, and he had escaped Nazi occupation. He was an Orthodox. Jew from uh, Czechoslovakia, and uh, he managed to become a citizen of the UK. And uh, he's well known to have been a spy, an Israeli spy, is what they say, right? Ah, see, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Um, so he died, though, and that's why Colleen Maxwell actually moved to uh, New York in 1991. was like right after her father's death around that time. And uh, so it looks like she traded in one creep or another because this guy is involved with a lot of shady undertaking. Really, uh, but also that, Maybe. like, there's your intelligence connection. Like, it's it's not impossible that if her dad was a spy, she might be a spy as well. Yeah. I mean, his death was very suspicious in that he was on a boat and was, like, found missing. And his nude body was recovered from the ocean. And uh, there's no noticeable wounds on him. And just they say that he was just a heart attack combined with accidental drowning. No one dies accidentally on a boat. Every boat death is a murder. I, I believe that deep in my heart. You can get into more about particularly what he's said to be doing, but essentially he was a Mossad agent who probably committed a number of murders, etc. Yikes. Yeah, so that's... And stole pension funds and everything like that, you know, it's typical evil media magnet stuff. And that's, you know, that's really interesting when you take it in context with Jeffrey Epstein, because there had to be, like, there. Does, I guess there doesn't have to be, but the suggestion is still that he was making his money by blackmailing people. And who was he gathering all of this blackmail material on behalf of? Was it just for his own personal gratification or was it at the direction of an intelligence agency? Yeah. I think we need to know that because I think the, 
that would yeah. be a major intelligence agency running a sex trafficking scheme mm-hmm. in order to get whatever they want out of people. And right. uh, they're just as guilty of manipulating and abusing children than uh, using the abuse of children as a way to get information out of people is a kind of evil I don't even want to think about. But I would I would guess if I were to hazard a guess, I would say that Glenn Maxwell is being protected by the FBI, the CIA and uh, the Mossad, possibly MI6. So I think there's at least three governments involved in keeping her wherever the fuck she is and keeping her out of jail. Yeah, I would agree with that. And if it, I mean, everyone listening to this, you're listening to a conspiracy podcast. So this won't, none of this sounds crazy to you, but just on the off chance, like I know for the government to be involved in something like this sounds really insane, but keep in mind, we have documented proof that the CIA in the 1960s not only ran brothels in San Francisco, but what they would do at those brothels is invite really influential and powerful people there, slip them LSD, and then just kind of watch what they would do. Like, watch what happens when you send prostitutes in and see how it works. And like, you know, when these powerful people landed in San Francisco, it's not like someone ran up to them and was like, hey, you want to go to this really great CIA spot around the corner? I know that the CIA <laughs> runs this really cool brothel. It's got a big CIA sign. You want to go check that out? No, they yeah. were lied to about who was running that fucking operation. And right. I feel like the same thing was happening with Jeffrey Epstein. They were like, oh, I'm just going to hang out with a pedophile. No, you're hanging out with a government controlled pedophile mm-hmm. is more yeah. what it seemed like. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about it a little bit, too. There's other odd uh, details about his case uh, that don't really add up about why things are positioned the way they are. You guys mentioning that. Uh, so when Epstein was found uh, dead in his cell, previous to that, he had a cellmate uh, when he was on suicide watch. And Epstein claimed that this guy beat him up, which this dude denies. So the guy in question is uh, Nicholas Tartaglione. And he's a former New York City police officer, and he is facing the death penalty, which would be the first time someone's faced the death penalty in the state of New York since the Rosenbergs in 1953. And so in December 2016, this guy, uh, Tartaglione, uh, he had already left the Briarcliff Police Department. He was arrested and accused of killing four men, Martin Luna, Miguel Luna, Urbano, Santiago, and Hector Gutierrez, part of a cocaine conspiracy. The victims were found in like part of this property that he was renting in the past, and um, it was just a bad coke deal, and he killed four men over over five pounds but it's just it's very it's very telling to me that they chose as a uh as a you know someone to put with epstein who is already has a death sentence on their head essentially and is a former cop what does that mean does that mean anything yeah i mean it kind of points to the idea that maybe they were trying to get him killed yeah 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 it's a very uh it's very bizarre to me i don't know there's just layers in here that don't add up for the people involved and you know we mentioned acosta earlier but acosta did uh resign his post um so epstein was arrested um in july and then six days later uh acosta resigned but man yeah i got that quote from trump did you love that that tweet from trump when he resigned uh which one was that alex acosta informed me this morning that he felt the constant drumbeat of press about a prosecution which took place under his watch more than 12 years ago was bad for the administration, which he so strongly believes in. And he graciously tendered his resignation. My God, Trump is such a fucking problem. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. More than 12 years ago. Hey, guys, the kid rape occurred. Tw- it's 12, 12 years ago. That girl's in her years- 20s now. Why isn't she over it? Exactly. Hey, it's something that happened under his watch. It wasn't under his watch. He did it in the sense that you watch things that you actually do. Yeah. Yeah. This didn't you happen see yourself doing it under Alex Acosta's watch. He fucking. Hey, what are you guys doing? Let out pedophiles. Looks good. And there's in the both documentaries, there's all of these emails between Jeffrey Epstein's lawyers and the prosecutors in Florida where they're basically just being like, well, do you think he'll accept this charge? And his lawyers will just write back and be like, no, try again. And they finally. Oh, Who's the woman? They mentioned a woman too, Maria, Maria something, the fauna or something. I forget who she worked. She was working in the office and she was telling all these victims, hey, you know, you know, we're going to put them away for life. And then it turned out that she was also writing emails to Epstein's team on her free time and offering to make any sort of necessary edits that they wanted to the document. Right. To to appease them. Yeah. So this Jeffrey Epstein was clearly a very powerful person who had some very powerful connections. And we still got to find those connections like this, that to me is the most important detail now. Like we know what Jeffrey Epstein 
did. The victims have been heard, which is good. Those victims have not received justice of any sort, I would argue. Like, Jeffrey, like, I don't even know if Jeffrey Epstein's really fucking dead. Like, it wouldn't, like, if you can get into a prison to murder him, you can get into prison to fucking get him out of there. Like... I did see some pictures of his dead body. Even the pictures of his dead body are... <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing about that, but I was like, oh, God, it's him. I was are, like, oh, it's a dead body. He had bruises all over his back. It was very weird. He also... I, I haven't looked into this photo that much to find out if it's doctored. If someone can send me uh, proof that it is, I'm all for it. But in the photo where he's being carried out of prison on a stretcher, mm-hmm. for one thing, for some reason, his face isn't covered. And... From his side profile, the person on that stretcher has a really weird bump on their nose. And Jeffrey Epstein does not have that bump on his nose. Now, that could be the result of an injury that happened uh, during his death. Mm -hmm. But it is weird. And, like, I don't know. Like, I know we've seen pictures of the body, but... Didn't we see pictures of Elvis's body too? And he clearly fled to Argentina and entered the witness protection program. I believe that so hard. He went into a little uh, submarine. <laughs> but uh, the, the point about uh, the death investigation of him with from the prison and everything is uh, his brother, Robert Epstein, I forget, his brother, Epstein's brother, ordered a private investigation and they found that uh, there were bones broken in his neck, which uh, you probably couldn't break on your own through suicide by hanging. And they found that to be very inclusive. It was more, uh, you know, in line with someone being choked to death. And uh, what's sad to me, too, is that the two guards in his case, we have not gotten any update about what's happening with them. Nothing else has come out in the news about what's going on with their cases. Yeah, because they were said. both arrested, right? Yes. And it's an African-American woman and man. Mm. So isn't it funny that in this whole scandal, the two people who are probably going to face the most jail time are going to be Alfredo Rodriguez, his, uh, you know, Hispanic housekeeper who wouldn't give away his black book and then two black prison guards. Yeah, that sounds about about right. American for this country. That's that's a very American ending to the story. My God. Right. Yeah, but there's been no real updates about where Glenn Maxwell is or what the pursuit of her is. Do we see anyone in the news being like, hey, this is what we're doing to work on this? Show your work. They never show their work. Yeah. I don't know that anyone cares. Yeah, it seems like people really don't. And that is a very high profile sexual predator who is just still out there in the world free and doing God knows what. Because it's not just that she was lining up girls for Jeffrey Epstein. She She was was molesting them. Also molesting and raping these girls. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's almost like if I were a super billionaire, I would just, if I were Jeff Bezos, I would just hire a hitman to kill her wherever she is. Yeah. I mean, it it, it seems like something a rich person could get away with. Yeah, yeah. Just a suggestion. We make a good book, right? <laughs> yeah. <try laughs> she turns it. up dead. I'm investigated by the FBI. <laughs> We're both going to prison. Oh, no. oh my gosh. But um, yeah. So the conclusion about this case is: Are we ever going to get Donald Trump testifying in court about whether he raped a 13 year old? I don't think so. Are we no. ever going to see Julian Maxwell, uh, you know, hung up by her thumbs? I doubt it. Um, I'm not very hopeful about the justice in this case. Any justice getting meted out to victims, or but you know, you got to ask yourself what's going to happen to Epstein's brother. You know. What happens to all Epstein's properties? What happens to, you know, Les Wexner and all these all these people who still have the money? Well, I can tell you about his property. There is a website called EpsteinAirs.com where if you believe you might be the child of Jeffrey Epstein, you can upload your information. And the people behind that website will research it. And if it turns out that you have a valid claim, they will petition the court on your behalf and help you get some of Jeffrey Epstein's money. Wild! Yeah, I don't remember what show we talked about it on, but the website is still up. I believe. Let me check. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Find your real dad at Epstein Airs. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, it's Morse Genealogical Services is the company that runs the website. And they're basically looking for anyone who can prove they are the offspring of Jeffrey Epstein. So they can get that person money, which feels like a pretty noble cause to me. 
certainly does. Holy shit. But yeah, I can't. It's been a it's been a hard week between this and about 70 different wrestlers being accused of sexual assault and abuse and, you know. Yeah, anything else happening in the country? Uh, People in the comedy community are being outed as predators. Uh, There's going to be war with China and India. John Bolton uh, should be in prison. The police are terrorists. Police are terrorists. ACAB. um. What a time to be (laughs) alive. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a rough one. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not living my easygoing life, you know. So it, it affects, it affects me. I don't know. Does this affect you emotionally at all, dude, watching this shit? It 100% does. And it not only affects me, but with running a podcast network, I have to like come up with a way to respond and do something like especially with police violence like it's hard to like we did an episode about the history of the san diego chicken last week it's hard to like research and record and release stuff like that and feel like it matters at all but i know people are still listening so i want to like keep doing the work we do but you also don't want to be silent about stuff like this and like i kind of want to do more than talk and more than post on social media about it. So it's been a struggle trying to figure out how to respond and contribute as a network. But I think I figured it out. We're doing, we're, uh, we're giving up some of our ad space and using that to promote uh, social justice organizations and groups. And uh, we're donating, we, we just set up a new subscription service, which I should plug by the way, Hey-o. uh, do e- it either conspiracy.supercast.tech where you can subscribe to just conspiracy, the show for $3 a month. You get all our bonus episodes, all the unreleased bonus episodes from the past. I think there's like 40 that we haven't put out, uh, or unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech where you can subscribe to the entire network, uh, for very cheap for a limited time. And supercast is actually waiving our user fees for June and July. So the money we would normally, uh, the, the cut they would normally take from what we make the next two months, they're not taking that. So instead of, uh, us taking that and spending it on candy and weed, we're going to donate that to Black Lives Matter. So if you subscribe now, uh, part of your subscription will go to fight police violence in this country. Good. <sighs> I know. Also, subscri- sub- subscribe and give us money to. <laughs> Please subscribe. We feel terrible. Yeah. <laughs> we feel awful. My connection's unstable. My brain is unstable. <laughs> Only my hair looks good. Your hair looks great. It looks great. What a day. What, what a week. What a year it has been. I know. When people text me and they're like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, well, some horrible things are happening everywhere. So I'm trying to process that. I'm to the point where I barely even send text messages anymore. I'm just so fucking cut off from the world. I just write help in my own blood backwards in a mirror and screenshot <laughs> to people. It's fun. It's art. It's my art. Yeah. Well, all right. We should probably lordy, wrap, lordy. wrap this up. Do you have anything yeah. to plug, Laura? No, I might get a job. I hope I do that. So if you guys like do sex magic rituals, like you jerk off and look at sigils and stuff, like make one for me. So I got a job or a husband, whatever you feel like. Dream catcher. Make Laura a dream catcher. You can do it. Um, yeah, just follow me at Crawford Comic. Find me on the Twitter, Instagram, and I love to. I love to talk. I would not love to talk to you on social media. I barely use it anymore. But you can follow the network at Unpops on Twitter or Unpops.podcast on Instagram. Maybe I'll start using that more often. I don't know. Yeah, Twitch. What's Twitch? Yeah, come on. Teach me. Who's got the time? <laughs> All right, let's get the fuck out of here, Laura. Say goodbye. Bye, Adam. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bye.